you know, you're giving up ownership. Not only that is like you're taking an advance that you have to pay back over time. So a, a little bit of money looks promising up front, but in time you realize that that kind of puts you in a pickle for the four or five year journey that fulfilling a, a major record deal actually takes. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. I resonate with that a lot, you know, just like under, like understanding you have this creativity side to you, but you have to understand the business. Yeah. And you can get really screwed. I mean, I've been screwed, I think, more than we've really talked about even. But you have too. And I think that... Let's start there because I think that's a story. I think we, we even talked about this the last time you came over to this house for dinner. Yeah. And I was like, the people need to hear the story of why EQ exists yeah. from like the pain that you've been through. Yes. So walk us through like what is the the origin story of EQ, why does it, why does it exist? Yeah. I mean, it starts with like my understanding of like how the record deal structure works, um, which if you're an artist, you're probably familiar. If you're not, it's just an unfair kind of unjust deal where you're signing away the rights to your art. You're signing away the copyrights to your music, to the labels, to the business that can then promote it for you. But it's at a, it's at a great cost. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're giving up ownership. Not only that is like you're taking an advance that you have to pay back. Um, over time. So a, a little bit of money looks promising up front, but in time you realize that that kind of puts you in a pickle for the four or five year mm. journey that fulfilling a, a major record deal actually takes. So understanding that, like having flown out to LA, um, actually going back to lies, when I put lies out, that was like my moment where I started getting real industry recognition. I got flown out to LA at the time I wasn't living in, L- in LA. I was going back and forth, sleeping on Jake, the shooter's couch mm-hmm taking meetings in LA I still remember this vividly like Jake driving me around to like one manager one exec's crib to another exec's crib I'm with one exec and one's on the phone like yo don't don't take Raptor out like I flew him out here I took care of him so like in this little I got to see like what this little bidding war like label bidding war situation looked like and like it was I'm so fortunate for the experience because like I ended up that took me to meeting with Peter Edge at Sony Records and and literally performing my songs like this in the mm-hmm. room for the CEO, the chairman mm-hmm. of, of Sony. And that was, I, I don't take that for granted. That was such a blessing, but ultimately I just, I deferred to doing things my own way. I was stubborn because I believe in like the independent business and having leverage to make for a better future and taking the long route. So fast forward, like, yeah, seeing these record deal structures and contracts and the way it's structured is not in the favor of an artist. And so what I ended up doing was I ended up signing a short term deal. Because as an artist, so you recognize that immediately. Yes. Okay. Yes. And luckily, what was it like? I, I mean, I, luckily, people not knowing a lot about that space, or even artists that are thinking about signing, like, yeah, what was it that you saw? You're like, mm, that, I don't. That's not right. It's the whole thing. It's the lesser half of fifty percent of uh, royalty streams coming to you against your advance. So that that money they advance you needs to be recouped before you even see. A share of that royalty. Yeah. Okay. So if you got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar advance, you got to make that back before you even see the money, the royalties that you're making from your songs. That's going straight to the label. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough situation. Um, if you're not getting a crazy advance and you're not getting real support from the label, it puts you in a pickle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, what happened? So you did the short term, and what happened? Yeah. So I did the short term because I think it's important to say why. It's because as an independent artist, I needed help still. So right. it's like as stubborn as I wanted to be and do it my own way, I got to a point financially where I'm like, I need the bag and need the resources, mm-hmm. you know, more so the bag than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I fulfilled a year's one project's worth of a deal, which was a, around a year more or less. 
And but that was when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, I really saw. Was that like, Love Leo? Yeah, that was Love Leo, and mm-hmm. four singles before that, starting with Farewell. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Okay. So that whole COVID season kind of like really showed me like, all right, I'm not making money against on my songs until I recoup this advance that they gave me, and also I can't tour right now because mm-hmm. COVID. So I was like. I need to figure out a way that I can do it myself and having the experience, having been on the other side of the fence, signed artists and seeing the way that they're promoting my music. I got it. I understood exactly what it is mm-hmm. and understand how to do it myself, which is mm-hmm. like these labels aren't necessarily directly putting you on there, outsourcing the marketing. So as an independent artist, why can't I do the same thing? If right. I have the bag and if it's just bankroll, yeah, then I can just pay that, that marketing agent that I'm not super familiar with to yeah. just help yeah. me push my stuff. Same with PR. I think there is a ton of bullshit i mean correct me if i'm wrong because i'm sure i am in some respect but like just seeing what what uh, what i built on like youtube right um and and like you know having my my video background and the talent that i had there and and what i you know ended up creating and building a following off of that and seeing obviously now like me creating all that stuff independently i can monetize it however i want right and so when I met you and I we were talking about this, I was like, huh, that's interesting because like you're so talented. I was like, if you just put stuff out, you could figure out the marketing. Yeah. It's good. Like if, if the product is good, yeah. then the people support you. Yeah. And maybe in, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, I see the music industry. I'm like, this is sketchy. Cause there, and, and like there, obviously there is the part of it where it's like, as the artist, you want to just be able to create and not worry about it. Yes. So that's kind of like the cookie cutter thing they Definitely. hand you. It's like, hey, we'll take care of everything. Absolutely. Why we shove this baseball butt in your ass? Yeah. Uh, b- baseball, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Bat in your ass. Uh, yeah, they're just, it's not right. Um, so it's like two yeah. things, right? Like to that point, the power is, is in your, is in your, is in your fanhood, is in mm-hmm. you know, the people give you power as a creator it doesn't have to be music so it's the same way that you grew on youtube it's mm-hmm. like people gave you power they're watching the views the only thing that's that kind of trades off differently or doesn't trade off at all in that comparison is the gatekeeping that goes on and maybe there is gatekeeping in the influencer world and whatnot there's gatekeeping everywhere but right. especially when you look at spotify and, mm. and editorial playlisting right right when i started getting like 2019 when i put out lies and got that traction Spotify was in a different place. There was less gatekeeping going on. Don't get me wrong. There was still gatekeeping going on. The majors still even at stake at that point in in Spotify. But organically and authentically, I was just generating streams because there was an actual A&R process going on at Spotify. Not to say that there isn't now. Right. I don't want to sound ignorant, but I'm just saying, you know, as time and streaming has evolved, mm-hmm. getting in on these editorial playlists comes down to who you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the one aspect that's tough for independent artists. But going back to your first point of like how we got how I got here with EQ, it's like we know that the power is in the creator's hands and it's at and and the fans give the power to that creator, to that artist. So if there's a way to enhance community, if you want to call it fanhood, just your fan base, your supporters, your family, your friends who can all be centralized in this one area that's music focused that allows you to distribute content, exclusive content don't have to be exclusive. Um with Web3 technology and NFTs are just one piece of it, it could change the landscape for how independents create and, and manage their data, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's deeper than just a social layer. It's it's data as well. It's like receiving and owning your own data opposed to, 
other social platforms in this that are slowly being outdated, like Instagram and mm-hmm. YouTube, where the, it's surveillance capital over your data. You don't own it. Mm-hmm. Why wow. is the data so important? Also, real, just I mean, you're like kind of semi out of the frame. Yeah. Move like a few inches, so you're yeah, you yeah. Data is. Cool. I mean, data data is everything to the to the people. It's KPI, right? It's like seeing, collect your data, analyze it, and then figure out how you can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so precious to labels and and to 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 big tech companies because at one point they still are selling your data. Mm-hmm. But it's important as a creator to own it and see it, just because that's how you can. That's how you scale. If you have the right team around you and they're, you know, let's say your management, your management, maybe you as an artist don't really care about that. Mm-hmm. But if your manager can at least collect the data and see the important, significant data that can make a difference in your career and show you, all right, look at the trends here. Let's capitalize here. Um, then it's in better favor for your artist. You start controlling your career. Someone else isn't handling it and just, you know, putting the blanket over you, putting the blindfold over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all, it's all power to the creator, the person who who's putting out the art should own the art. Um, and there's so many tools and, and so much technology that's being developed in web three that enables creators to start owning their, mm-hmm. their craft. Hope you're enjoying this channel and these videos. If you like them, you could subscribe right here. There's a whole playlist about how to build a social circle from scratch right here with really high quality content. And then right here, You can learn about how I help men in Tribe Accelerator build a circle from scratch of high value men and women.